know, it's it's like yeah, a part I, of. I, I know exactly which target you're talking about. Too. Yeah, so like I don't know. If that's the um, the best. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, hey everyone, welcome to the Just Pick Something podcast, where we discuss a movie or TV show after scrolling through Netflix, looking at new releases in movie theaters, flipping between streaming services, or just grabbing a DVD from the bookcase. I'm Jakes, and I'm here with Mr. Franco, and on this episode, we're going to talk about Encanto, released in 2021, directed by Jared Bush, Brian Howard, Cherise Castro-Smith, and at the time of this episode, you can stream Encanto on Disney+. Plus. So, uh, to start talking about Encanto, right? Yeah, yeah, the movie. <laughs> yeah, the movie, the reason we're here to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, did you end up watching this, like, recently, or have you only seen it that one time when it came out? Oh, I watched it when it came out. The day it came out on Disney Plus, because my family wanted to watch it, mm-hmm. and then I watched it again. Was it yesterday? I think it was yesterday or the day before. Definitely this week. I've watched it at least like a total of three times. Yeah, that's fair. But so okay, cool. I've seen it twice. Um, I've seen it. I've seen it once and okay. over the weekend on uh, when it hit Disney Plus. Yeah. Right, like you recommended it to me and let me know it was hitting the the streaming service that weekend. Yeah. Right. Family was coming over for Christmas. Maya's family was coming over for Christmas. I was like, bet this is like a great family movie to watch while we're all just hanging out after opening presents, you know? Yeah. So my mom was over and everybody was cool with me uh, putting it in Spanish. Okay. We watched the first time in Spanish and I like, I loved it. I thought it was great. And I saw it recently just because I felt like watching it again and also just refresh my mind a little bit for this recording, right? Yeah. In English. Okay. It was a pretty it was a pretty good movie also in English, just a little different. And it was like, wow, this is kind of fun to notice some of the differences. Like there weren't a lot, but there were some subtle differences between the two languages, which is kind of fun. That's funny because my whole thing was my wife had asked me if it was just gonna be me and you. She was like, Is it only gonna be the two Hispanic people talking about <laughs> this movie? And I was like, Oh yeah, it is. And but when when she asked me that, I was like, "Dang it, I should have watched it in Spanish too." <laughs> just so I can understand. Like I was like, just because I want to know the the differences. Because like, because when Coco came out, which is the one that everybody obviously compared this to for mm-hmm. no good reason, in my opinion. Oh, um, it's funny you say that, dude. My mom also compared it to Coco, right? And I was like. I mean, they're pretty different, but she wanted to talk about like why they were different, which was a fun conversation we had around Christmas. Yeah, fair. So when when that movie hit, when I bought it, I watched it in Spanish and in English a bunch of times. Coco? Yeah, Coco. Mm -hmm. Just because I was like, oh man, I wonder how I feel about this movie in Spanish. I love it in both. And it's very, it's just very interesting to watch how the language affects the songs especially oh yeah for sure it 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 definitely affected encanto similarly where they weren't like they the things that i noticed in encanto specifically because i haven't seen coco in spanish okay was that like they had to change some of the you know the lyrics right to match a better flow in spanish you know what i mean yeah that was pretty clear but i also think the performances in terms of singing were a little different in spanish they weren't worse or better they were just different and i really liked both but now i have like one song that i like more in english and one song that i like more in spanish and so on you know yeah now i'm not now you're getting me i'm like man now you just gotta go watch it a fourth time in spanish um <laughs> which uh which is very clearly praise to this movie that i want to watch it a fourth time i i don't blame you i uh, didn't think i was gonna like enjoy it a crazy lot the second time around 
But I like this movie more the second time around because I've noticed more things about it that it didn't pick up on it the first time because I was just kind of enjoying the ride. Yeah, no, um, yeah, definitely. It's crazy because, okay, so I watched it in theaters, obviously. I loved it when I when it came out. Well, I liked it a lot when it came out. Let me be clear about that. Mm-hmm. My opinion has obviously changed. My, my It hasn't changed. It's just been strengthened with subsequent viewings. Mm-hmm. And that's the fact that, like, Oh, so originally when I watched the movie, I liked it. I thought everything was good. I was like, this is a really good movie. It might be one of my favorite most recent Disney movies. It might arguably be one of my favorite movie Disney movies in a long time, right? Mm-hmm. And I was and I was like, I'm I'm pretty sure sure about that. And but I had like a a common complaint I kind of heard was that the music didn't hit as well as people would have hoped it to hit, right? Like it doesn't have like these really strong. I don't know. I don't know about that, man. I I feel like I disagree. Like I don't know what the barometer for that uh, kind of statement from some of those people were. Like, are we comparing it to like you mentioned Coco or you know like a Frozen? You know, because I I thought the music was pretty strong. So I think people, I think people are comparing it to Coco because obviously they don't know how to not compare it to the other Hispanic movie that they know. <laughs> yeah, which I do. Two Hispanic movies. Huh? <laughs> the two Hispanic movies, of course, they're going to be compared, right? Yeah, I was like, man, I was I was complaining <laughs> to my friends. I was like, man, you guys need to come up with better comparisons because I'm getting real tired of it being like, okay, but which is as good as Coco? And See, I'm like, they, they forget about the Book of Life from um, DreamWorks that came out like a year before Coco. Yeah, and and I'm like, but also I'm like, but don't compare it to that either. I'm like, you can compare it to. Literally, you could like. Why don't you compare it to Moana? Lin Manuel Miranda wrote the the, the songs for both. <laughs> Dude, he's in he's in like, and if it's semi Hispanic related or like Latin American related, you know he's gonna be probably around. That dude has oh. made a like huge just carving for himself in like media for Hispanic representation or Latin American representation. Yeah, and so I'm I'm like hearing people like I I don't agree. I didn't agree with people who were saying that the, the songs weren't like spectacular, but I was kind of like, yeah, but like none of them really stand out like that. I'm like, none of them, because I was making, I was talking to people about the Coco comparison. I'm like, yeah, mm. none of them are like Remember Me, which is the main Coco song. Yeah. Um, and then I went home, I listened to the, the soundtrack, and I'm sitting here, I'm listening to the soundtrack, I'm like, wait, I think I like this whole soundtrack better than I like all the songs in Coco, but I, I will say that none of them are stick stick out as much as Remember Me. And I think that's only on the fact that Remember Me was like drilled into your head during the movie of Coco. Well, it's be, I feel like part of the reason it was so impactful and like rem, just memorable is just it, it served as both, you know, the climax of that movie. Right. And also the finishing punch of the soundtrack almost right like yeah like it, it all kind of cr- like crescendo to that point in the story so like it's just so like iconic you know what i mean yeah because i feel like with that movie and i say it was dug into your like to your mind it's because that's like the first song you hear in that movie is he's like oh yeah i love Ernesto de la Cruz. i love him he's he's best and everybody knows him because of his song remember me and then, like you can't, you you're reminded of that song a bunch of times in the movie, and it plays such a pivotal point in the climax of the film, like you say. 
that I'm like, yeah, no, like, of course you're going to remember this, this song. I mean, it's also really central to the theme of the movie, right? Which makes yeah. it a, like a perfect way to like just finish your movie. Yeah, hundred percent. And so I'm like, I, I like so. Remember me is a great song. I think Coco's it definitely deserves all the praise, and Coco gets a lot. Of, you know, I think a lot of Coco's praise come from how powerful and poignant that song is. But I'm sitting back and I'm listening to the Encanto soundtrack, and I'm like, none of the songs hit that way. But I don't think this movie's music is designed to do that. I think this the music in this movie served a different purpose, which yeah. it tied a lot of the themes together. And, you know, with Coco, even though we both were like, not fair to compare the two of these movies together, right? They do serve as a good talking point because, you know, these movies are like fundamentally different with different themes and like different like cultures a bit. Just a lot of differences you can keep talking about so it's great for conversation yeah yeah the music in this completely different like um like approach stylistically yeah and, yeah an approach and what it means for the story and like entirely yeah and in terms of like memorable moments of in terms of music right the endings um that last song i teared up a bit my mom teared up a bit like it it did the job especially when you know the sequence of them fleeing the violence or la violenza that like i had to look up because i was like this feels very specific to a culture or an event that i'm not super aware about you know what i mean and I looked it up and I was like, okay, yeah, this makes sense. And then like, you know, it's so, it hits so close to home with my mom and I, and it's like, it was great. Besides that last song, I mean, some of the music that I really liked is like, I love Louisa's song about like strength, you know? Oh yeah. Surface pressure. Yeah. I think that was one of my favorite music tracks in this movie. I liked that the movie started and ended with the same, the same song, you know what I mean? Like about the family. I think that was a really nice touch. Yeah. Like, so yeah, I think the music was great and like it served the story pretty well. Yeah. So speaking of, like, so, so with the songs, right. I thought it was first off, uh, we'll just go back to, I'll go back to the, the Dos Orejitas song, which is the one that gets played during the flash, the, the really climactic flashback mm-hmm. at the end. And I was like, I was sitting in theaters and the song starts playing and the scene happens. And I one the scene killed me. I was like, oh man, I was crushed. I cried. I'm not I'm not gonna pretend like I didn't shed a tear. I think I cried like three times watching this movie. For sure. At the moment they start crossing that river and you know what's gonna happen and it's just oh god, the waterworks just 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 flew out, you know? Uh, so yeah, so I'm, I'm, but I'm watching it in theaters and at home, this is a really a thing because, you know, I, when we watch movies at home, we automatically have subtitles, but in theaters, I'm sitting there and I'm hearing the music and, and you watch it in English after you watch it in Spanish. So it's not really, diff- it's not really a weird thing because I'm sure the, the Spanish dub doesn't do this, but you know, in the English dub, they play that song in Spanish. Yeah, they do. Yeah, and I, I, I realized that. So I'm I'm sitting here and I'm sitting in the theater and I'm listening and I'm watching the scene go on and the, and the music playing and I'm like, oh my god, they're not even translating this. They're like, they're not having subtitles. They're not having it in English. They're letting this like just purely musical and, and like moment happen. And I'm like, yeah, dude. This is crazy, and I'm also bawling my eyes out. I'm like, I love you so much, <laughs> dude. I know, God, like, and it's. I really like that the movie just took that chance and let the emotion of the movie carry that scene without translating or anything, you know? Because um, I I didn't realize this till like 
I watch them in the two languages, right? But yeah. the subtitles are the subtitles for the English track, not the Spanish track. Mm. So they are the part of the thing that makes it kind of fun. And there's not a lot of them, but like there's a few things that don't translate because they're translating the English track and not the Spanish one. The one that yeah. um, kind of stuck, like there's two small moments that like I laughed a lot harder than um, Maya did. We were watching it, even though she picked up the second one. The first one was, um, it was around the time where they were starting the performance, the room ceremony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, like, uh, the whole entire, like, yeah, the big ceremony thing. Yeah, yeah. So the ceremony, when they were just about to start the ceremony, everybody was going in places, and there was that uh, little kid whose ability was to, like, shape shift into different people, right? Yeah, Camilo, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he was like mocking his dad, right? And like he he says one last snarky thing right as he's like being taken away in English and the subs they're like, "Okay, I'm done." But in Spanish he's like, "Okay, yeah, me callo." Oh my god, that's so different. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. <laughs> right? Oh, like yeah, cuz it's oh the, the I oh, man, I can't wait to watch in Spanish now. So you're talking <laughs> yeah. about like the, the implication of that statement right right highly different <laughs> right so that made me laugh and then the second one was just a little thing where um they couldn't swear but they really wanted to swear so he said miércoles instead of like mierda you know oh man <laughs> which was really funny because like we we got it man if you don't know the curse words uh, in spanish it's it was just like oh that was such a clever wordplay to like get around that issue oh man yeah no i i can't yeah this is making me again i'm gonna watch this in spanish now um i mean hey you might be able to pick up more things than i did the you know what is it the fourth time around <laughs> yeah right oh yeah it'll be the it'll be the fourth time yeah we'll be waiting at your door Okay, okay, vamos, vamos, vamos. Okay, okay, vamos, vamos, vamos. Sí, all right, I'm done. Te esperamos en tu puerta. Okay, okay, vamos, vamos, vamos. Okay, okay, vamos, vamos, vamos. Ya, me callo. Like okay, so like so yeah, I appreciate. Like, I really, I, I, man, there's so much in this movie that I like. The thing is that there's just a completeness to this movie, right? Mm -hmm. That I love in the sense that like from beginning to end, there in in, in regards to the movie and the writing of the story in general, where it's like, oh man, you guys really were thinking of how everything ties in with each other when mm -hmm. I, I understand there's some like i've heard some complaints about like oh i wish they would have spent more time with this character or done more here and i was like i get that but the way they did it in the, in the, the way they held this movie together was so succinct that i was like i i get why you would want more time with like camilo or dolores or mm -hmm. you know the mom or whatever or any mm -hmm. of the other characters i get that but mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I'm like, no, but they do, it's such a tidy job that they do. It's like everything gets called back to for the most part. The the music, they do that with the music really well, where um, the opening track, right, is the, the Familia Madrigal, I think is the name of the song. Yeah, I think right? so. And they call back to the lyrics of that song in the final song. Mm -hmm. Right, and that one, With, the, the Bruno song. There's a there's nice callbacks in the end. Yeah, there's nice callbacks to those. They don't. I I I think musically they call back to Luisa's and 
Is it by Love Songs? But I can't yeah, remember do. off the top of my head where it where, when. No, that no, they, it's it's not as like as yeah. uh, big a callback as the Familia Magica, the first one, right? But they're in yeah. there because you know it fits the whole like we're singing about the family, so let's briefly yeah. talk about or sing. Bruno's song, Luis's song, you know, Isabella's song, all of them, you know? And then there's, like, lines that I didn't even pay attention to. They they re they reshed, like, when the movie is, like, you know, when, the end, when they're ending and they're doing the doorknob thing at the end, um, she, the grand, the abuelita says, open your eyes, abre tus ojos. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, yeah, cool, whatever. And then I forgot that that's, like, the first thing she says in the movie. <laughs> yeah, man, I didn't I even was, pick that up. Nice. I literally watched, like, when I watched it the second time, I was like, wait, she says that at the beginning. <laughs> it's like, tiny details that I'm like, oh, man, that's so that, crazy. Just that gif of your mind being blown, and it just repeats, and you're, like, in space. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, I was like, I can't believe that they're doing, like, these, like, these tiny, it's just tiny details, man. It's not even, like, anything, like, insanely big but it's just like an it's just a respect to the craft where it's Mm -hmm. like no like i you have to understand that this is a complete thing we are not trying to like leave loose ends or like do any of this other stuff it's like no this is this works as its own complete narrative where where there's a very clear beginning middle and end clear writing style and i just i really appreciate it man i was like man this is it was it was so crazy because you know, the last time we talked about a movie, I had so many problems <laughs> with like the writing inconsistencies <laughs> and like ability. Like you know, there's there's such a sloppiness in my opinion that coming into this movie, I was just like, oh man, I love this movie. How concise it is, how well put together. I'm like, there, I have no complaint with this film in the slightest. Wait, do I? Yes, that the animation style of Disney is real sane. Well, we can get to the to the complaint or like some things you wanted a little different in a second. But yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah, I love the movie, man. <laughs> yeah. <Here you> go. <laughs> all right, all right. So just to briefly talk about how you were mentioning that some people had an issue with the lack of exploration with uh, the other family members, right? Like we didn't get to spend that much time with you know a few of them, like we might have liked. We didn't get a chance to see inside of Luisa's room, which would have been cool, or um, spend some time with some of the kids, maybe checked out the um, Abuelita's room or got a little bit of insight into the parents of the, you know, the main character. Well, at the same time, I think you could say that might have been intentional because I feel like one of the themes of this movie is kind of, you know, the importance of family, but how that kind of just like constricts you and like limits you and you just don't feel like individuals and you're kind of just part of you know a collection like a group instead of individuals you know what i mean yeah which is kind of cool because i it it made me realize that like the encanto and everything was the house and this miracle but it was it's really the family like the family was the encanto right yeah it was a family all along which was really nice and there's just a lot of things in this movie. I feel like whoever was watching this, you could be from like all kinds of different creeds and you could probably find someone in the family that you could relate to. You know what I mean? Because there's just yeah. so many personality traits, expectations put on every single member of the family in different ways. that It's easy just to latch on to something and be like, God, that hits so close to home because I can relate despite them maybe not having as much screen time as you would hope, you know, which maybe even makes you feel more relatable to that specific character. Yeah, no, I I, I find this movie incredibly personal to me, at least, because I relate and like empathize with a lot of these characters. So I just can't imagine, like, 
I was like, man, like I can't imagine anybody who watches this not coming out thinking, oh, this I love this character for X, Y, Z reason. Yeah, like going back to the 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 song that they built that gets the the flashback song. I know this movie is in Colombia, but like I'm half a Salvadorian, right? Okay. It was it was crazy because when that scene hit, the first thing that came to my mind was my grandfather had actually left El Salvador because of the civil war that had happened. Oh, really? And that scene had hit, like, you know, the grandparents leaving their their home to, like, try to give their kids a better life. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, you know, there's, there's obviously, like, a general vibe that a lot of second-generation kids probably get from, like, oh, my parents left our, our home country mm-hmm. to seek a better life kind of thing. Yeah. Just to see is, like, I was like, that specifically because of the violence, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, man, like, that, like, I was like, no, yeah, like they, my my own my grandpa leaving to the Civil War and all that stuff. I was like, that. I was like, man, that's super. So like, I don't know what people are gonna attach attach to, but I feel like you know, if they, I was like, shoot, it hit me there, and I was like, dang, I was not expecting that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I I get you. So for me, you know, there's different things of every character that I can you know relate to because we've had time on this planet to go through it, right? But the the thing that hit me in terms of their origin story, right, was. I didn't flee my country uh, due to violence or something, right? I immigrated over here. Like, I, um, it was like it was this huge, life-changing or experience, and like it was weird seeing that and being like, "Wow, that kind of hits really personally," mm. even though I don't remember everything in vivid detail. But also being a first generation, I kind of related to all the expectations that the children had to deal with, right? Like. Living up to, hey, your parents made it and they gave some up yeah. so much to give you opportunity. And here you are. So I really hope you make the best of it. And you're just like, ooh, okay. Yep. Gonna do my best. Oh, man. That's just giving me like another, like, where someone could look at it from. It's like basically that, right? Where it's like the, if you look at it from mm-hmm. the grandma leaving her home, right? Mm-hmm. Effectively gave her family this gift and that her and then like Mirabel not using that gift or not having a gift, right? It's kind of like if if you know like like you know immigrant parent being like I like yeah like you said I did so much for you to have this opportunity for you not to like do anything with it. Yeah, you know you understand it because it's just it's so much they do for you, and then at the same time they have no idea what the future is going to be like in this country. So you just can't be prepared for everything. You know, let alone everything the kid will experience outside of your like struggles on your own. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, like, oh man, that's oh god, I was not even thinking about it on that level. God. <laughs> oh, do you? So this might be this might be a really good ch- chance to talk about like the actual characters and stuff. You know, mm-hmm. man, that Abuelita talk about like a matriarchy of the family, right? Like mm-hmm. she was trying to keep everything on like a tight ship. Yeah. No, I. It was yeah. I'm all. It's it's just going again. It's one of those things where I'm 100 percent like look. I'm just like relating it to my own family, where it's like I see that in my mom and mm-hmm. I see that in my grandma, who they're very just for the most part. My mom was a single mom, so I had to deal with a lot of uh just that like, you know, I understand where she's coming from, what happened to her, and all that stuff, and how how difficult it is to raise kids in that situation. And then the same thing with my my grandmother. Mm-hmm. She wasn't a single mom, but you know. Again, she left her home country and, you know, started a new life over here and was very young. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, 
I can just imagine how these like uh, it was it was insane for me to watch and just try like try to like and, and like see that like character who is very mm. familiar to me in a different way obviously because obviously not one-to-one mm-hmm. and it was even crazy because I watched it with my mom and my mom's response to the movie was like that's cute mm-hmm. I guess and I was like oh my god mom. <laughs> yeah dude I don't know what it is about moms but like even my mom after the movie was done she was like it was pretty nice it was a nice fantasy movie you know i i really liked that last song i think coco was a little better i think this one was a little too fantasy for me you know and i'm like really really you didn't just go through a whole experience because like i i thought this movie was great she's like no yeah it was pretty good you know i was like yeah, where, where, where did we not where are we not connecting here like do we not see the the same parallel in this movie <laughs> god it's so funny man what is it about like hispanic moms that just feels like that's not the first time someone's had that conversation with them oh man no i know but there is look okay so i'm like it was real bad there the scene where the daughter like stands up to the to the grandma i was like man she about to get hit but at the same time uh at the same time i was like man i had a similar conversation with my mom and that and that conversation did not end well. Oh, oh yeah. Oh God, yeah, dude. Me too. Uh, what is it? Um, my wife says it's it's like the way I grew up learning to co- argue is very confrontational versus like non-confrontational. <laughs> and like seeing that, I'm just oh God. I like I I feel I know what's gonna happen, and it's not gonna ha- it's not gonna end up well. Someone's gonna cry. It's gonna get too crazy. <laughs> oh man that's 100 percent. i was like oh god but <laughs> i think like for me like mm-hmm. as, as the way we're talking for me i was like man this was super like like not 100 percent like a one-to-one thing but she like encapsulates a lot of the the vibes i get from just being you know a hispanic kid with those kinds of expectations put on you i mean that's obviously like what the movie's about but it was. It just felt like it was entirely. It was a very honest portrayal of a lot of the feelings I have had, so which was insane to watch. I was like, "Oh my god!" Mm-hmm. Like I can't even. I was like, "How did you like? Who did you talk to that I know?" <laughs> yeah, honestly, I feel like I relate more to the family dynamics of this movie compared to like Coco, which felt like a very like idealized yeah. Hispanic family. Almost, you know, sure, the, like it wasn't all perfect, but this movie, it felt more close to home where it feels like, yeah, everyone loves each other and yeah, they're family and they get along great. But there's a lot of tension just under the surface that like you guys probably won't see if this wasn't like a, a movie about, you know, family was, and stuff. So, yeah, going back to that, yeah, when you talk about that comparison when referring to the family, um, that was I was telling my friend, they're like, oh, how is it like i was like how's it compared to coco i was like look coco in my opinion after watching this movie having loved coco since it came out and i still love that movie i still it, it still you know kills me when i watch it uh me too yeah but having watched that movie and loved it for as many years as i have watching this one i was like i never realized how it's it's it's, it's a little harsh how i say it but impersonal, like it's not like, is that the correct word? I mean, I can see that word fitting. I think I know what you're trying to go go to about like, it, it. It feels it feels 
way more generalized in terms of in terms of how everything is handled as opposed to this one which feels very personal and very character driven as opposed to coco which i think is like all right you get the idea here right like we're not like gonna we're not gonna focus on that too much or we're not gonna focus on the the implications of this family dynamic yeah yeah because if we talk about Coco's story we're talking about this uh this wife scorned her husband because she thought he abandoned him abandoned her and then the implications that had on the family and how they raised their children is is very is is very true like you know there's a level of trauma there and right to say that that's explored in any real way in that film would be a lie i don't think it is like, i think you kind of get it a little bit with miguel at the end but throughout i mean like because she he's like no i don't want to do this like i said like he's bucking is more of like bucking trends is more what he's doing as opposed to being like mm. i'm addressing a familial trauma with our family and in this, in this yeah well you know coco right it feels more like the movie was about you know shining a light on a cultural aspect of region of the world that most people don't know about or have a commercialized idea in terms of like the united states you know what i mean and kind of like using that as a view cult to tell a story through like a family right yeah where in this movie the whole thing was about like a family and their you know generational like suppression of trauma and uh, expectation just com- two different stories and like two different things they want to just uh express and show you know yeah very different and and, and that's again i'm not saying this to like to like dunk on coke or anything again i own the movie i own the soundtrack i love that movie i'll put it on any day it's mostly just like it's in it's beat by being able to discuss these two films that are very personal to me that I'm able to be like, okay, yeah, like these are why I. Well, they just lend themselves so well to like comparison and discussion, especially between yeah two people that have such like very uh, strong ties to those cultures, you know? Yeah, and like it's easy to compare and talk about, right? Yeah, and then that's why I'm like, I kind of get upset when people compare them, obviously, because it's like compare a different movie to talk about. Like, don't just bring up the other Hispanic movie to talk about it. Um, and it's because, you know, I, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's, it's... <laughs> so, so, so speaking about the movies, um, uh, I was telling my friend, I was trying to, I was like, I've been hyping up this movie, but I was explaining my, my love for it. And effectively, so growing up, I watched, you know, um, growing up in the, the late nineties, um, I grew up watching Disney movies, right? Okay. I was about to say, what, what are you going to say? What are you going to, are you going to name something that I probably know? Like, um, did you grow up watching or maybe just in the, like, in the room when someone was watching, like, uh, El Gordo y La Flaca? Oh, of course, that too. But I, I was mainly talking about, like, in general, like, the, the you know, I was American. I, you know, I, I grew up in America entirely. Yeah, me too. So me too. You're talking about, like, Telemundo, though, right? I, I'm, oh, yeah, you know, Sabado Gigante and stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm, oh, God, that was, that's, like, one of my main childhood memories. Talk about, like, you walk in and you just watch the, the, the adults watching that for like four hours straight. And you're like, what in the world are y'all watching? <laughs> yeah. uh, that's how I always thought anyway. I was like, man, but, but uh, regardless. We thought we'll never be strong enough. You saw that out. won't be perfect enough. Bruno left our family because you only saw the worst in Bruno it. Bruno didn't care about this family. He loves this family. I 
love this family. We all love this family. You're the one that doesn't care. You're the one breaking our home. Don't you the ever. miracle is dying because of you. You know, I grew up watching, you know, Disney a lot because, you know, it was really popular. You know, talking middle of Disney Renaissance, end of the Disney Renaissance, pretty much. Mm -hmm. So because I grew up during that time, uh, the number one movie that has been attached to me as a kid is Mulan. I loved Mulan since I was a kid, um, mm -hmm. which is, you know, a lot about familial expectations, doing your own thing, you know, whatever. Oh, yeah. Good, good. There's a lot you can put against that movie, right? Just a lot yeah, there's of... A, there's, a, there's a lot of stuff. And, you know, there might be some similarities here and there. Mm -hmm. So it was, I was telling my friend, I was like, look, I, my favorite movie, my favorite Disney movie is Mulan, to the point that, like, whenever I list, like, my top five films of all time, it'll show up, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But between, like, three and five. Um, and I was telling him, I was like, look, Encanto is in the conversation to be with Mulan. Like, I was Oh, yeah, for sure. This movie's going to hold up really well. I, I heard... A little while ago, just from like, you know, random articles that would pop up on my feed and whatever I was using that it didn't do super well at the box office at first. But like this movie is going to definitely like hold up over time as people talk about it with their families and share with it about their like kids and siblings and stuff. And like I can definitely see someone in like 10 years being like. Man, this movie was so ahead of its time in in so many ways. Yeah, think, you know, I think it's getting it's it's very much on the cusp of like the the conversations that we're starting to have in like for our generation, like mm -hmm. and the generation after us having to deal with a lot of these a lot of similar issues in regards to dealing with how our parents handled things and how we now have to handle things, which yeah. is also crazy. I don't know because you watch it at home. It's very different. You know, I watched it in theater, so they play the short prior, right? Oh yeah, they, that's right. They do play shorts ahead of. Um... Oh, did, you, did you happen to watch the the short? Like, I know they don't play with it, but I don't know if you had like, oh, okay, I'll go out of my way and look at this the short that came with it. Which one was it? It's called uh, was it Far from the Tree or something like that. I saw that pop up, but um... yeah, the little raccoons. Yeah, everybody I was with, like my family and Maya's family, they just wanted to like guess watch the movie you yeah, know yeah so that's understandable it's it's okay so i again i'll, I'll be open and saying I, I cried like three times during this movie but i i'm sure in no way was that helped by the fact that this the short was like a perfect primer for this film right in okay. the sense that like i feel like the conversations that i'm having in regard a lot of the conversations i've had about the film with people who didn't watch the short are very different from the ones that I had with, who had one. And okay. I, I would say like, for the most part, we've had a very similar conversation, but a lot of the people that I talked to don't really understand the, they're like, oh, I didn't really see it from like a generational trauma type of thing or like feeling from like family, like suppressed family stuff. And I was like, no, no, no. Like, I was like, I don't know where you didn't get that from. But, yeah. and I was like, oh no, like, like if you watch the short, it is very evident. Well, it's funny you say that. Cause like, I could definitely see someone not like making those connections, right? But like the moment that Luisa's song comes up and you hit with that song about expectations, but even before that, there's the visual clues they give you about Bruno and then how they mention like you don't talk about Bruno. 
and the way he's kind of like depicted and around the family, right? You're led to believe that for a moment, even I thought he was going to be the main villain of the story in a way, right? I was, wasn't sure where the story was going at first, right? And then, you know, they sing a whole number about like why you don't talk about Bruno, the black sheep of the family. And you just get this feeling at that point that not all is well with the family. And then all the things start kind of just like revealing themselves as she's trying to save the miracle, right? Like, what is the name of her tia, which is like the woman who can control weather? Peppa. Yeah, okay. So I kind of noticed that like she has pretty bad bags under her eyes. So maybe she doesn't sleep as much as everyone else. And how she's always constantly trying to be like, happy thoughts, happy thoughts, happy thoughts, which yeah. I can't imagine what that does to a person who has to constantly maintain a happy exterior at all times, right? Yeah. And even uh, her other members of the family, aside from Louisa, who has to be strong and there and like her other family member who can hear everything, like, but what does that mean for like everyone's paranoia? You know what I mean? Yeah. Or like, um, <laughs> or the other family member who could like shape shift into anybody. Like, it feels like everyone, ha everyone's power is kind of like a monkey's paw kind of power where they get something incredible, but there's a severe cost or like curse to yeah, it. Like, right? like, okay, like, I can't imagine what this does to your psyche when someone's mm -hmm. expect, when someone expects you to be your power. And like, what does mm -hmm. that mean? For someone who could never use yeah. power is to turn it to other people. Yeah, like, or what's going to happen, for example, to the youngest member of the family who just received his power, where he can communicate with animals, and they have to prep food for livestock and, like, uh, butchery and other things, you know oh what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm just saying, like, what a traumatic thing that kid's probably going to deal with as when he realizes that, that, like all of his friends have a sentient voice that express fear of death and don't want to be oh, slaughtered, Lord. even though, you know, people have to eat and so on and so yeah. forth. Right. And, um, it's, so it just feels nice that like the powers also act in a way to kind of like emphasize the, you know, the idea of like generational trauma where it's great that they are able to help, but it also comes at like a cost to the family as well, you know? Yeah. So we don't talk about Bruno, which is the song that we're just referring to. Mm -hmm. Oh man, first off, that song's a banger. I love that song. It is. Mm -hmm. But man, do they paint him so sinisterly in that song? Yeah, they they, don't, they definitely don't make him look good, but it's funny. They even do the, the green, the, the, the Disney so-called evil green effect, you know what I mean? Yeah, they do. Which, yeah, now I think about it. That, yeah, they do like the eyes and like the glow. Yeah, that's pretty, oh, okay, yeah, that was, but it's funny because in the song, these are like small details. And again, people have to go and rewatch and see things, uh, which I definitely recommend. But in that in the in that song, first off, the only person who doesn't speak negatively about Bruno is Dolores, right? Mm -hmm. She doesn't speak negatively about about him at all. She just says like, "Oh, uh, you know, he had a heavy burden. He, you know, him seeing the future, everybody blamed him for stuff." And like she just rec she's like, oh, I, you know, I always reckon, you know, what she what reminds him or reminds her of him, right? Right, of course. But while she's singing her part, if you look in the background upstairs, you see Bruno's silhouette going through the hall. No way, really. And oh, so you'll God, see him. You'll see, 
you'll see him walk through, and then while she's finishing her bit of the song, you'll see him dance. Oh, shit, really? Wow, that's incredible. Yep. What a great background detail that I didn't even notice. Yeah, so it, it's crazy because, again, that's the only part of the song that's not speaking negative of, uh, negative of, neg- negatively of him. So it's literally it's like he shows up for that part. Like all the other parts are like, you know, someone that someone's uh, someone else's image of him, and in that part, it's literally him in the background just being like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna groove." Yeah, but dude, <laughs> that gonna just groove. <laughs> oh, that's great. But um, what's crazy is that like it kind of shows you how, or at least that one song kind of shows you how quickly a family's perception of somebody can turn so sour over the course of just like one generation or like a couple of years right because like i would say like what like 10 years maybe at at most because like okay so like he got a vision of um of the whole like cracks and everything right so like she could the main character would have had to have been a young kid when that happened yeah so you're talking about like she's like five to 10 or something right right so like it wouldn't have been that long but so it only took like I don't know, maybe five years for everyone to just collectively be like, oh, yeah, that uncle of ours, not not no good, you know, just we're not going to talk about our no good uncle. And like, it's so sad that that happened in that quick turnaround time. Yeah, I have to assume that it's it's bit. I want to say. I I can't I'm sure there's like an actual like, oh, this character is this many years old. But I have to assume that he left when Mirabel's thing happened, right? Right. She was like to protect her from protect the her. scorn. Yeah, and and Antonio had enough time to be born and become the age that she was, right? So mm-hmm. probably like ten-ish years had passed, right? Right. Because then that would make sense. Mirabel would be about like twenty, which is like a perfectly okay age, and Antonio would be ten, so because he, he'd be old enough to have his little ceremony thing. So I'm I'm assuming that's probably the age gap. This is what you're talking about. Like that seems pretty reasonable. Maybe you know, give or take a, like one or two years. Like either it's like eight or nine when they do it, because they're not going to make Mita that like super old, but they're not going to make her like super young either. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, like the, the, well, I I really like just the brief moments of uh, levity that would just be sprinkled throughout, like seeing the dad kind of just go about his business, trying to like. Um, contribute to the family and like and then like seeing him being stung by bees or just kind of relate to her and be like hey i know what it's like you know being a member of the family who is kind of just there you know without being able to contribute like your relatives you know what i mean yeah he seems so there is a window in the future where she's probably going to uh connect more with her father because they're going to share in that like mutual normality that they share you know it's it's interesting too and i never really thought picked up on it uh but the demeanor of her dad and felix our, our uncle felix which is the husband of peppa um uh, mm-hmm. the, the their demeanor in comparison to the family is very different in how they oh, yeah. approach a lot of the issues like uncle felix so the dad's like very much like no you have to care for my daughter like you haven't cared for my daughter nearly as much as you should mm-hmm. uh you know understanding of mirabel's uh you know whole issue and stuff like that and then uncle right. felix being the one who is very much sees the brighter side of things 
in regards to like how Peppa's powers work. And oh yeah, dude, I love that they made Uncle Felix a dark skin uh, Latino man. Oh, that was, that was a really fun touch that like I appreciated. You know? Yeah. Um, it, no, it's crazy because the first thing it was funny because the first thing I noticed was uh, how white they made Peppa, which the white, the very pale with red hair, and then how dark they made her husband, which was the dark. He was like, he's not he's not just Afro Latino, but he's also mm-hmm. like dark skinned one. Not just mm-hmm. not like a passing one or whatever. No, they made him. They're like, nah, he's dark. He has dark, big, curly hair. <laughs> We're not playing. We're like, I was like, nah. I was like, okay, yeah, you dude, know, you, I, like, I loved it. It was awesome. <laughs> I thought it was great. But it's also <laughs> the family's so varied in terms of skin tone and hair texture and hair color that like it's really nice to see because like my family is huge that I don't like talk to everybody right, yeah. but I've seen pictures and like. You know, I've seen I see people that I'm related to who are like super light skin, who have like curly hair or I'm like a darker shade of complexion compared to some of like my cousins. And I have long black hair and some other people have like brownish hair. And it's just great to see, you know. Yeah, no, And it's crazy because, you know, uh, for me personally, I'm I'm a white I'm I'm a white dude, okay? Like everybody <laughs> like, oh, this guy's Hispanic. All right, what's he look like? And they look me up and like, a white guy. And it's like, okay, yeah, I mean, yes, I'm white. Um, okay, I, I don't I don't know if I I could say you, you're like immediately striking me as a white guy. I I feel like I knew you uh, you were something, and I just it was like, well, eventually it'll come up. So I'm just not gonna worry about it. I mean, that's fair. But like, if anybody was like, if any if if, if anybody had to like guess guess, they'd be like, at worst, he's European or something um but, <laughs> what let me let me guess you've gotten italian or something before italian i've gotten bosnian uh oh bosnian that's something i haven't heard of in a while <laughs> yeah i've gotten bosnian italian and german what i usually get usually never no one ever goes like oh you know what he might be mexican i'm like okay guys come on <laughs> or El salvadorian now i mean obviously no one's gonna guess El salvadorian barely you know Barely anybody who's not from, you know, Latin America knows what a Salvador is. <laughs> so it's crazy for me because I I very much look white. If you ever meet my brother, he is definitely of a darker complexion than me. I wouldn't say he's like dark, dark, but he's very much like the classic, more like almond, almond I guess like hazel color Hispanic, dark black okay. hair. Yeah. And then, but then my mom had two kids after us mm-hmm. who are both half black. So they're of a much darker complexion than me and my brother. And so there's a good variety of skin tone within my family alone. Where it's, like, oh, that's dope. We don't get to see, like, like, I'm sure my sister would, would you know, because she's in college right now, she's learning a bunch of stuff. Uh, uh, talk about like small details again, you know, Felix's skin color, which is dope. But it's funny, just in character design, I love the use of color throughout the family, but Beppa being this weather-controlling character who's all bright and sunny, mm-hmm. her husband's hair is black with gray streaks, and it's big and puffy like a thundercloud. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It was a really nice visual, uh, visual design between those characters. Right, and I'm like, this is so cool. Uh, there's other like small details. Oh, uh, Mirabelle's like, I want song. Right. So the and I want song is obviously like, you know, their big like solo number that tells you everything they want to do, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, in it, she says, mm-hmm. I can't like I can't move mountains. I can't uh, make new flowers grow. I want to hear what's broken and I want to show this family something new. And though like so she literally when she 
when the when the house breaks, right? The mountains split open. Uh, mm-hmm. She helps Isabella learn how to grow new plants and stuff, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And then she helps the family grow and shows them how to live their life, you know, like shows them how, a new way of living their life from that that day forward. And so I'm like, oh my god, this song is literally about like the story of this movie. I was like, they literally go through her I Want song and they like show her yeah. like doing everything, right? But then I talk about like a well executed song and also story beat, right? Yeah, because on top of all of that, you would be like, all right, cool. It does like a little, you know, it's like information on the on the story. And I'm like, yeah, 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 cool. But at the same time, the whole the whole song is I'm waiting for a miracle. And the second she's done with the song, is when her journey begins because as soon as she's done singing the I want to, I want, you know, I'm waiting for a miracle, the house begins to break. Yeah, which was great timing because at that point in the movie, it's like the the best time to be like, for an audience member to be like, oh, I, this is good, like cool, but what's, what's the like central, like, um, force yeah, or conflict, conflict you know? Stuff. Yeah. And so it's like, so we, we get this song that like in, like, that like lays out the, a lot of the the things of the film and this character who wants something and the thing she wants is automatically the the quest to get the thing that she wants is started as soon as that song is over, which I'm like, this is just great storytelling. I, I really appreciate everything this movie does. Yeah, <laughs> dude, I really liked it. I mean, we've sung the praises of this movie and stuff. I just, it's just a solid movie that hits really well and has a lot of like things that I really appreciate that they did. Like, um, I really hope this movie just keeps picking up a quiet uh, steam as it kind of just like reaches people over time. Like I'm okay with it just being like a movie that persists and like continues to let people just enjoy all the relatability and um, funness of this movie, you know? Yeah, I'm like, I'm I'm really glad that it's a lot easier for people to, it's a lot easier and safer for people to access this movie because I was really upset that it didn't do super well. Well, I mean, COVID concerns and then like Disney plus promise of streaming and, you know, there's a lot of factors that didn't help, right? Yeah, and so I'm like, man, this really sucks. And then as soon as it hit, streaming i was like all right guys go 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 watch this movie now like i can't like i was not i was not waiting another day to talk about it with people who did, didn't go out and watch it here mm-hmm. which is fair i watch it you know safely and away from mm-hmm. a bunch of people so i was happily okay with it but i understand why other people didn't i also understand that you know it's harder to go out in the movies in general you know yeah uh, but yeah I was, but yeah i know i'm glad ah, man I, i'm so i'm, I'm so this probably like I don't know how much of a debate it is for me personally, but it likely is my favorite movie of this year. Oh, that's hard, man. I I feel like I've seen some pretty good movies this year, even if they didn't come out this year. And it's hard for me to say if this was like my favorite movie, but this was really good. This was a, a lot of fun to watch and like really enjoyable, you know? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've watched... I, I wonder what they're going to do with this, like, if there's a next. Because, like, I don't, it feels like this is a great one-off. And it also feels like, because it's Disney, right, there's always the chance that they might spin this off into something. I hope they don't. I mean, like, I'm okay with, like, shorts or something. But I don't want anything more from the Like, like I'm perfectly happy leaving this perfectly succinct film alone. Yeah, that's fair. If they, they do... 
And, you know, the chances are always likely that, I mean, I could kind of see this as a TV show, you know, or even even if they do a sequel, it'd be kind of cool if they expanded this a bit because this feel like it it hints that this takes place during a certain time, right? With the flashbacks to the uh, um, Abuelita's like escape and some of the tech they use, like the camera, right? And the fact that like there's an absence of certain like tech and stuff, right? So if they did do a sequel or a TV show or something, it would be kind of cool for them to maybe, you know, do a bit of a time skip kind of thing, you know, or maybe have one of the characters maybe like leave. Then the family would go to that person. Like uh, maybe the main character from the first one becomes the Abuelita in the next one. And then it's more about like, I don't know, like her family has gotten so big that they've all left and you know flew the nest kind of thing and it's just like this exploration of what it means something like that i don't know i'm I'm interested in seeing it if they do do something different what they do because yeah there's like there is an implication of when it happened but i'm wondering if the tech that they use is based off of when everybody left right Mm -hmm. Because obviously the, the 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 development of tech would have stopped for them for the most part, uh, based off of you know like obviously cameras wouldn't have increased in uh, you know whatever and it wouldn't have been invented further because they had left where you know those things were progressed further or whatever right mm-hmm. and it's interesting because the original conceit for the film. If you look at the art books and stuff, which I was I was like looking into behind the scenes stuff. Oh, cool. um, originally they had wanted it to be in like a fifties, sixties style, right? And you're talking about they they would go around on like motorcycles, and they would be like in like a sprawling like city with like all the colorful home, all the colorful like apartments and buildings and stuff like that and like more of like a more that's awesome but man rest in peace background art animators and designers and that's a that's a lot of work like which is probably why we didn't get a uh, a chance to see some of the uh other family members rooms and things just you know like time and money and decisions have to be made you know in terms of like what to show because Animation is not cheap. Well, yeah, because they were talking about originally the the story was going to be not too dissimilar from this, but it was going to span like multiple, multiple generations. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a cool movie or show, you know? Right. And so they were like, oh, we're going to start all the way with like the abuela's grandpa or whatever. And we're going to go all the way to modern day type thing. And I was like, I don't know how the heck you guys planned on that working. Which the answer is they clearly didn't think it would work because they scrapped. Yeah, well, I mean, it, they can't because that's that's like that's more a TV show, right? Because for a movie, it has to be a tight tight production because you know you want to make money off of this project, right? Because you know that's it. It just it's just how it goes. But also, that's like that's a lot of people involved with planning and designing and character art and background art and voice acting and so on and so forth right it, it's a lot to ask a studio even if it is disney which they should pick it up because that would be an awesome show or movie but it's a hard sell yeah. you know i think i think so if i if they did something that came after this i feel like going for that like more modern aesthetic would be really fun 
but have it be like they've been isolated for so long that obviously this is very jarring for them but it would be an interesting way of doing something with like Camilo who is like oh I'm always the one trying to be other people for other people I never know who I am as a person so it's it's a good way for it to for his character to be like oh I get to explore this brand new place and get an idea of who I am and what I want to yeah, do. Yeah, that's why I think this movie could work well as a TV show. I gave her a vision! It was me! I was like, go! And she was like, she only wanted to help. I don't care what you think of me. But if you're too stubborn to... Alright, so, question. What is your favorite song from the film? Oh, man. So, I think it's will pr- it would probably be Louisa's song about you know about her struggles and stuff oh yeah surface breath. i think it's because i really like don't talk about bruno right let's not talk about bruno yep. it's great but it's also kind of sad and it's like oh that's a kind of a bummer even though it's good i like isabella's song i feel like that song is an interesting kind of duet and okay. and in the beginning, the first song, it's great. But I just like how uh, Louisa had her own song on her own where she just got to like express herself. And hearing it in Spanish made me really appreciate it. Hearing it in English made me appreciate it. And I think for me, it's just my like my personal favorite because it's just solid, especially the way it starts, where it doesn't sound like yeah. they're going for a song. More like, you know, Lin-Manuel Miranda kind of like... Sing rapping? Yeah, a bit. But then it kind of just transitions yeah. into that like song, you know? Oh, the musicality of that song is so great. And like, yeah, the the different genres it like touches on and the shifts in tone and stuff are really, really good. I would love to get into that more. But... Plus, I mean, the donkeys are just a fun, just silly treat. That one, that's great too. But yeah, I think it's a great song musically. I think it's a great song visually. And it's probably my favorite song because it lets a character shine on their own without an accompaniment of the other characters somewhat. Yeah, um, I think I would go with uh, We Don't Talk About Bruno. I agree with everything that you said. And I, and I think that that song is in contention with we don't talk about bruno in regards to like the how much i enjoy it that's a good song too though it's it was it's hard to pick one you know yeah i just love i do love getting to hear more of the characters and them getting their own like specific style the oh my god like the little the beginning part with peppa and, and felix they're like a little duet part and they're like back and forth is really fun but then i mean it really shows just how much they click you know yeah and so like all the way to the end where he bring like where Lynn was able to bring all of these completely separate parts of the song into the big chorus of voices. And I was like, man, this works. Like, I don't know how it does or why it does and how I'm not like I'm completely overwhelmed by like 15 different people singing 15 different things. But, oh man, I love this. I think, well, but in reality, I love the entire soundtrack. Again, Dos Orojitas is like, in, like oh, I'm going to bawl my eyes out pretty much anytime I watch the scene, I'm pretty sure. But uh, the thing I liked about, um, don't, you know, Don't Talk About Bruno is it's unintentionally such a like a subversive song. Not unintentionally, but it's intentionally because it's also just such a red herring for that point in the story where you feel like 
Bruno will probably be an antagonistic force in the story, and he doesn't turn out to be that at all. Yeah, and then seeing how those things are subverted later on in regards to the story that Peppa tells and the the visual that Camilo like gives of him is like, oh yeah, he's seven feet tall. Like, man, that short. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> short. He's not mischievous in the slightest. No, he's just a guy that's kind of superstitious, but you know because. It fits his character for a person who can see into the future. Yeah, yeah. So last, last, last thing. <laughs> I mean, we have been talking for a bit, so yeah. <laughs> I guess we could wrap it up. <laughs> In the book, Bruno is described as originally when he got his powers being like the star child of the family. Really? The art book said this? Yeah. The art book says that he's like a star. He was like the star child where he was like, he would give people predictions and they'd love him because he was giving everyone news and they would love to hear his predictions. But as his vision started to become more negative and people started blaming him for things, that's when the family started treating him a certain way. And that's how he got to the situation, you know, got to the the reputation that he ended up with and i was like oh man those i was like you you guys left that out of the film and i'm kind of upset about it now that's true that would have been so good to see and it may it would, but if they included it it would have made me want to see more of bruno in the film and i did want to see more of bruno in the film i understand if they they had to cut that because that's just more money and budget and stuff put it into the story right that they could not balance so much more into like even if it's just like even more lines of dialogue it probably like oh but if we leave that in it makes certain characters look a lot worse yeah and we don't want people to have a bad taste in their mouth in regarding to these people or we want to like have this certain kind of impression on him and it makes more sense to just have him always be the black sheep instead of having him be like an Isabella and then ending up like a Mirabel. And so it's like... Yeah, but it would have been a, a good way to have cor- incorporate that into the story would have been to have her mom seeing the story or seeing a fl- like a memory of Bruno from their childhood because it would have been a nice like addition to see some insight into their childhood as well. You yeah, know? I mean, the main conceit that I think we're getting at is we wish there was more to this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> right? Okay, I think that's a pretty good point to call this one a, a recording session. Yeah, I think that was about as long as the last time. Too. <laughs> yeah, roughly. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to us praise and discuss this movie for like an hour. We appreciate you, and we hope you check out Encanto. The intro and outro song is VHS Dreams by Sean Ivers. Link in the description. Thank you for listening, and tune in next time.